everyone in self-isolation land out there, how are you doing? Are you staying safe? Are you staying healthy? Are you playing lots of games with your confined family or playing lots of solo games? I hope that you are doing well. But either way, I'm back with another bonus episode for you. Now, recently, I've been doing some kind of overviews and video essays and that kind of stuff on the YouTube channel, and I thought that this one was particularly relevant considering all of the Asmodee controversies recently, and it received a lot of positive response there, and so I thought, hey, why not throw it up as a bonus episode because the explanation, the heart of it itself, isn't really a visual thing. It's just the the narrative and explanation. So, hey, bonus episode. Let's take advantage of all that content. If you do want some visuals, well, the video link is going to be in the description here, and I do get into some visual representations of different things, as well as some photographs and all kinds of stuff that I, I typically throw into the, the video stuff. Anyway, I hope that you're still enjoying some of the interviews that we've been posting. That Isaac Childress one was awesome. I had a great time talking with Isaac, and we have some really cool ones coming up. We have Tuomas Mansika, who's working on a, a Kalevala game that's going to be coming up next week. And then we have some interviews with people from Leader Games and Blue Orange Games that are in the bank, which will be up relatively soon and hopefully i'll have some other bonus content if you like hearing from me and you want to see more of this kind of bonus in between stuff then let me know either hit me up on twitter at cardboard herald or shoot me an email cardboard herald at gmail.com i was thinking about how i can best keep you all company during these harsh self-isolation times maybe like some solo game diaries or just some uh, other discussions on various topics like this considering i've been a lifelong gamer i've worked in game retail i've worked in game warehouse distribution and i have all of this acquired knowledge from talking to so many creative people in the industry but with all that said i am just going to leave it on to the original topic at hand the asmodee situation <music> So normally we reserve off the table for giving you the latest news, you know, headlines, things that are currently happening or focused events like new game announcements. But I thought since Asmodee and the progressive amounts of controversies that we're getting seemingly week after week, it would be a good time to recap everyone who either hasn't been paying attention or is new to the board game biz as of any time over the last 10 years since Asmodee has really been kind of snowballing into what it is now. To start out this story, we got to go way, way, way back in the way back machine to 1995 when Mark Nunez founds Asmodee in France as a board game publisher and distributor. They were trying to aim towards making their own board games, but as well as contacting other regional board game publishers and saying, hey, we can take over distribution. And because 1995 is, of course, the year that Catan comes out, or Catan, however you want to handle that pronunciation is up to you. I always called it Settlers. Catan comes out, and that is when we have this huge boom of board game development all over the world. I mean, you have developers and designers in Germany and France and the UK and Japan in the United States, but Asmodee is focusing on all of this distribution, right? 
and then they get their foothold. They become an up-and-coming prominent company that eventually leads them to being able to acquire another distributor. See, starting in 2007, they start getting a lot of outside investment and then they roll that into all these acquisitions, including as Devian, which was a company that at the time, by 2010 rolled around, they had the biggest distribution channel in all of Europe. So obviously, Asmodee is starting to kick up the gears. And by kicking up the gears, they are attracting a lot of attention. Now, if you are one of the people who thinks that Asmodee changed from this wonderful publishing company to a corporate overlord in recent years, well, you need to look back a little bit because it was at that time that an investment company first stepped in. In 2013, Eurozio acquires Asmodee for 143 million euros, and this is when things start to blow out of control. See, right around the corner, in a rapid succession, Asmodee announces that it's doing mergers or acquisitions, however you want to define that because I'm not a legal or financial expert, of Fantasy Flight Games and uh, Days of Wonder. And of course, Days of Wonder brings with it all kinds of games, including the massively popular Ticket to Ride and Small World, and then Fantasy Flight Games. Are you kidding me? I mean, they are the American board game company with these blown out productions with Twilight Imperium, Battlestar Galactica, all their Lovecraft stuff. I mean, monster games that kind of represent that Amerithrash, Ameritrash, I hated all of those terms, American style of board game games. And suddenly this company has that all consolidated under one roof under an investment firm. But if you think they were going to stop there, no, absolutely not. The story continues. You see, Mayfair Games was having enough trouble as it was, and they were the American distributors of Catan, as well as a lot of Uwe Rosenberg games. And suddenly in 2016, it's announced that Catan, the game, like probably the most prominent mainstream game of this hobby gaming industry, Catan, is under the roof of Asmodee. But that's not enough. Just six months later, in July of 2016, Asmodee announces that they have acquired F2Z, which F2Z had included Plaid Hat Games and Z-Man Games. So not only do you have this fresh young studio that was starting to really blow up with games like Mice and Mystics and Dead of Winter, Summoner Wars. I mean, Plat Hat Games was like the, the underdog indie gaming studio when they sold to Z-Man Games thinking, you know, we're still part of the hobby gaming world. And then bam, Big Fish <coughs> comes in and takes all of Z-Man and F2Z. So now with Z-Man, you have Pandemic, you have Carcassonne, you have so many games all under one roof. Now following this, they acquire massive amounts of worldwide distribution with all sorts of companies coming under their house as well as more and more smaller studios and they have the largest foothold, well, second largest behind Hasbro, of board games for the world. I mean, this is a massive company. And that is when in 2018, PAI, another investment firm, comes in and buys from Eurozio Asmodee. 
And this is when some of the changes that you are probably familiar with start happening. So what are the current events that are really getting people mad? Well, a couple months ago, we started hearing about some layoffs at Asmodee North America, which of course is formerly Fantasy Flight Games. And this started as a trickle of rumors coming in from people who had worked with Asmodee or Fantasy Flight before it was Asmodee in the past, but that turned out to be true and more and more people vocalized their experience and Asmodee admitted that they had to cut some staff. So the biggest portions of their layoffs were happening in their digital development studios, their RPG studios, as well as their PR, which their PR, if in case you didn't know, is also their people who handle the majority of customer service. So that is when you start hearing the anti-consumer practices or, or less concern with the average gamer who needs some help. Now, we have this change in the policy surrounding the replacement of components. You see, this industry is kind of unusual. It's very interesting how in board games, for the most part, if you have a missing component from a game that you just opened up, you contact the publisher and the publisher is going to send that component right to you. They're going to say, yep, manufacturing error. Hey, here's your chit, here's your mini, whatever it is. And for the most part, across the hobby, that is how it's handled, and it's been kind of on the honor system. In fact, there are tons of examples in this industry in which if you lose a component, I know I have lost components and contacted the company and been like, yo, I lost this component. Can I buy a replacement component? I know it's totally on me, but can I buy one? And they're like, nah, forget about it. We have replacement components. We account for this. So here, let's send it right to your door. And that's awesome. People rely on that. But suddenly there was a shift in which Asmodee announced that from now on, if you have a missing component or a damaged product, that you were to go to your retailer and your retailer was going to have to handle it which is actually kind of like how many other industries handle it. If I buy a lamp from Fred Meyers or Walmart or somewhere, and there's a problem with the lamp, I don't call the manufacturer of the lamp, I take it to the place I bought it, they return it or do an exchange or whatever, and then they take that damaged product up with the actual overlords who manufactured that so they can get their own reimbursement of that. And there are many larger retailers that can probably handle that, especially the online retailers, Amazon and uh, Miniature Market and Cool Stuff Inc. They can probably handle that. But mom and pop retailers are the ones who are getting hit the hardest on this because they weren't expecting the change. And suddenly the majority of the titles that everyone is super excited about require that people bring games back to them and they create this channel with Asmodee and the rumors that we're hearing right now, which I don't have a lot of confirmation on, is that retailers are having a harder time getting their own products replaced after they handle that replacement with the customer themselves. This is atypical for the industry and it pissed off a lot of people. Sure, it may be more in line with typical retail, but Again, this is something that was sudden, people weren't expecting it, and it just kind of fell in line with a more corporate approach to board games, which hasn't been all that corporate for that long. And then 
we get the news just like <laughs> a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago from the time that I was recording this, that Plaid Hat Games was somehow leaving Asmodee, which was like a, a hurrah for the underdogs because somehow they escaped under the boot that was holding them down. And there could be any number of reasons for that. I actually talked with Colby Dowk a little bit about this and the, the plans for the future, his time with Asmodee, all that kind of stuff, which that interview is up on the channel. You can check that out. But that was like one little bit of a reprieve, but it was happening in the midst of this component replacement policy. So a lot of people were like, ah, somehow they found a way to get out from before this storm really blew out of control. I have a feeling that that was in the works for much longer than we were expecting. Now, that leads us to most recently, there was a price hike, an announcement that a lot of games were getting 5 to $10 price increases for some of the evergreen games, you know, the games that people turn to all of these different brands for, you know, some of the favorite games that people have. And it is just one negative story after another where Asmodee just looks like the bad guy. Like, if we're the Rebel Alliance here, they are the Empire. And that's kind of where we're at. Now, where does that leave us for the future? Well, there are plenty more acquisitions that Asmodee could be doing, and there could be plenty more policy changes. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and boycott Asmodee, and for full disclosure, I review games that are sent to me by Asmodee, whether it's Journeys in Middle-Earth, or it's the Marvel Champions game, or Pandemic Rapid Response. Those are all examples of games that have been sent to me that my channel has benefited from. But I do want to tell people that you don't have to go to Asmodee for good games anymore. Like for all of these enormous brands that have been out, that, that are staples, recognizable names in the board game industry that I've listed, you know, Pandemic, and you have your Dead of Winters, and Twilight Imperiums, yada, yada, yada. There are so many amazing indie games that are coming out every day. And if you feel comfortable still buying from Asmodee, then go for it. There are a lot of people that I have personally talked to from within Asmodee North America, from within Days of Wonder, from within Z-Man games that really just care about bringing great games to the gamers out there. And that is awesome. And I feel kind of bad that they're caught in the middle of all of this. But on the other hand, Big Brother, PAI, still owns everything and is calling those shots. So I leave it in your hands. And also, I want to hear from you. What do you think is the appropriate response to this? What are some of your favorite indie games? And are there some things that I have missed from the series of acquisitions and stories and controversies? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald. Ah.